here we go. That's outstanding. Like a farmer in his feet. We are an ecosystem of things and ideas. I can think up some more big words like portmanteau and soliloquy. My middle name is innovation, and my other middle name is paradigm shift. Carry on, James. Carry on. We're going to serve up some juicy stories like a hot plate of pancakes. All right. It's time for another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I am the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbert. Joining me, as always, but for just the second time on video, as you can see, James is still getting a little used to this, our senior news editor, Mr. James Anderson. Mr. Anderson. James, how the heck are you? Well, Craig, it's all very visceral. Um, I being, it, you know, it's difficult to to really see oneself. You know, like it, it becomes all the more real when when you see your different mannerisms and like become very aware of how your body moves when you see yourself. Move. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, but uh, you know, it gives pause for a lot of reflections. And um, overall, life is good. How are you, Craig? I'm I'm good. So you felt comfortable then with our first video podcast? I mean, you know, we're both kind of weird looking at times, our expressions, but, uh, you know, so is everybody who's on video, right? Yeah. You know, well, I, I think, you know, I think people are forgiving. You know, I will say we do have two pretty solid fans. I showed it to my uh, two toddler nephews <laughs> and they could not get enough of the video intro that they, they they, I'm telling you, like we played, I played it 15 times for them. The um, the planets colliding, they just love the cataclysmic stuff. They could not get enough of it. So, yeah, we got some fans. Would, right? I can't I, think of a single person. I I was trying to, uh, you know, if they watched it 15 times, I was trying to think. The last thing I watched 15 times is probably like Die Hard or something, which is kind of along the lines of cataclysmic stuff happening. You watched Die Hard 15 times? No, I've seen it one. Okay. That's impressive. I've never watched a movie 15 times. Yeah, well, it's probably just pieces, like when it comes on basic cable sure. and so forth. Sure, but, yeah. Anyway, I, I think the other part I liked about the 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 video we did, the last podcast, was uh, when you look all unhinged when you say, flagship, you know. Well, <laughs> like, they love that, too. Like, oh, they, they wanted to play me to play that part back. <laughs> which is like uh, I've always thought it disturbed a lot of our guests that I said that and so it was really validating to hear that two people albeit you know they're you know they're a little unhinged themselves but it's, it was good to get that validation from them yeah yeah I, I, I liked it I enjoyed it you know hopefully we're going to uh, continue this and uh, we're doing it a second time so here we are yeah and Craig it's your like, what do we say in French? It's your raison d'etre? No. It's like, I mean, it's your <laughs> it's your background, you know, being a video journalist. And so, you know, you are the voice of telecom, but it, but you're also the face of it. So, and the face That's of news, scary. really. So That's scary. Uh, it's my it's my raison d'etre. Raison, it's your raison d'etre something. D'etre, whatever you said. All right. <laughs> So how's how's work going for you? Uh, otherwise, hopefully, hopefully, pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. We've just have so much to write about. Like so much is happening, and you know, you it's kind of like best made plans. You know, I think that oh, I right. get into in my like writing where I have a lot of 
you know, projects of what's going on. And then all of a sudden everyone in the space decides to get acquired or lay people off. And, mm. you know, you got to kind of, you kind of, kind of got to kind of get with it, get with the disruption that's happening, I guess. So um, lots to write about a lot of, yeah, we're busy and we're going into event season. And you know what that means, Craig. Oh, I certainly do. I love how you set me up. Uh, we're talking about the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. You know, it's it's just around the corner, really, coming up May 1st through the 4th at the Venetian in Las Vegas. And here, James, you thought the year just started. We're already talking May. We're going to be there before you know it. I will tell you that the editorial team, in addition to all of the things that you're talking about, is hard at work getting content lined up for the show, which is uh, really our, our, what kind of a show would you call it, James? What, what, uh. I mean, you might you might go so far as to call it a <laughs> flagship <laughs> conference. It, it is. It is our flagship event, our, our signature piece, if you will. Uh, our colleagues in ops, sales and marketing are really hard at work also putting together uh, the channel's biggest gathering. So pretty excited for that. Yeah, those folks are amazing. They do. They do a lot. Events are like a lot of work to put on. We're going to have a good time, Craig. Um Last time on this podcast, we we previewed the show a little bit by bringing on our keynote speaker, Captain Scott Kelly, who's an astronaut, onto the podcast. Now, Craig, that has me wondering, do you have any more juicy surprises for me and the casties today? Well, it's funny you ask, James, because I do. I can tell you that I have single-handedly completed the agenda for the big show. That's a, that's amazing, Craig. I was under the impression that Bobby DeMarzo and Jessica Ackerman were the driving forces behind that. Well, I, I mean, yeah, okay, they did some work on that, but I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was their muse. You know what I mean? They they would sit there and ask themselves, right, if if something would be good for a keynote or an education session, and then they'd ask, WWCD, right? That's right, James. What would Craig do? Yeah, well, I have to ask Craig, when you were being their muse, were you like holding up grapes and like not eating them? But so they were they like drawing you at the same time? <laughs> no, I didn't mean that kind of muse. It was sort of more of an idea, idea type muse. But no, I, I kid. Uh, I had very little to do with things. Uh, they did a fantastic job and we're, we're still filling out the, that agenda uh, some more. Uh, my friend, and and I'm pretty excited to talk about a few of the cool things that I have already seen pop up on that agenda. Well, this one is looking awesome. Fight mm. Club? Huh? Yeah, the show com- uh, kicks off with the Converge Meetup Social Hour and Fight Club. So uh, I may not be as big as you, Craig, but I'm wiry. I got a good center of gravity. I'll take you down. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> No, it's not Fight Club. You misread that. It's Flight Club. It's a bar with with darts. You know, Flight Club. So, Do we have to like dress like um, uh, flight attendants? And is it like thematic around planes? No, no, no theme that way. Well, I don't remember being at the Flight Club. It might be, but I think it. I think it's referring to the darts. You know, it's just people networking uh, the night of April thirtieth, which is. Uh, right ahead of the big show, which kicks off on Monday. Ooh, yeah. The I mean, that first event. I mean, I guess the pre-show. I don't know if they call it the pre-show event, but it's always 
um, you feel that energy, you know, and it's like, this isn't the pre-show. This is the show. The folks are here. Uh, all the cool kids show up the day before. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, I love that kickoff, right? Because we've done all the work to get there. Then you sort of got one evening to, uh, to let go until the event actually gets going in full. So it'd be good to socialize with some folks that night. Yeah. And for everyone else, it's that getting through that travel retinue. That's, that's obviously something you want to take a breath from, right? Yeah, Yeah, of course. So let's talk about a couple of conference session uh, titles really quick here, James. So yeah, you look intrigued. I like that look. So one of them for me is leadership lessons from a guy who sometimes lives in a van. Yeah, this could be our most creative title ever. Uh, It turns out the ever colorful Dave Dyson, who of course, you know very well, He's on our advisory board, and uh, everyone knows him also as CEO of Eclipse Telecom. Spent much of 2022... Living in a van down by the river! Okay, not by a river, but roaming the country in a van, James. So that should be an awesome perspective uh, from a guy who, you know, took a little bit of a break from the uh, the proverbial rat race. Yeah, um, you know, if I were to describe Dave Dyson in a few words, I mean, he is the he is the transcendentalist, transcendentalist. I mean, he he really owns that transcendentalist side of the channel. Um, I say that facetiously, but he he is one of these folks that um, is like tackling leadership problems, like generational clashes uh, that are going on in the channel, and and looks at them in a, in a pretty honest, um, uh, if, if not occasionally extremely quote worthy way. So, um, love Dave. Absolutely. We love Dave. We love Dave. What, what you got for us that you're looking yeah. forward to? So another one, um, there's a lot to pick from, but I think this will be a, a fun one on, on the keynote stage. Um, this is a marketing session. Mm-hmm. It's going to feature a NASCAR legend, David Starr. Do you like NASCAR, Craig? Oh, uh, I, well, I love NASCAR uh, for our, our show. I'm not, I'm right. not a huge, uh, I'm not a huge watcher of the sport, but sure, uh, sure. I know a lot sure. of people in our audience are, so I'm pretty excited. About it. I, yeah. You know, I could tell you, uh, unsir. Right, he was a race uh, NASCAR driver, wasn't he? Yeah, Richard yeah. Petty, number, Richard Petty, he was another. Was one. that number? That was number forty-three, right? That was the Cheerios car, because that was the car that I knew really well growing up. Oh, there you go. Well, I named yeah. a couple couple NASCAR drivers. That's all I know. But like I said, yeah. uh, other people are going to be very excited about that. Yeah. So yeah, David Starr is kind enough to join um, actually some channel partners to talk about how they work together to implement branding and marketing strategy to actually bring in leads. So some, uh, I guess like you would say like cross vertical lead generation and marketing um, campaigns. So it's pretty interesting. I think that's going to be fun to see those names, but also I think lead lead generation is like something that people want to talk about and, and want solutions on. Um, so I think you're going to be able to get some some actual quality best practices from that. So cool. rev up your engines, kids, because this one is going to be smoking. <laughs> oh, there's so much more, James. Uh, but that is just a little taste, a little morsel for our casties to chew on in, until the next cast. That agenda is filling up, Craig. And uh, next podcast, we'll preview just a little bit more. 
Yeah, some keynotes. We'll be talking about some keynotes. So I'm excited about that. Hey, one other thing, I don't want to give away the entire show here. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of uh, podcasts to come before this, but I do want to talk a little bit about the Technology Advisor 101 Awards reception. This is kind of your baby, right? Some of the uh, industry's most tenured agents are going to be there to clink uh, together a glass, maybe eat some finger foods, and uh, what are they going to be doing? You got to be pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. We've we've had these um, uh, reward uh, awards receptions at, uh, for the MSP 501, um, a much older awards program. The TA 101 um, is but a year old and set to expand and grow. And I'm really excited to um, uh, you know talk about that a little bit at the show, but also just to see everybody um, who has built these phenomenal careers and and are finally getting recognition um i i think it's going to be a a night of nostalgia and and excitement and i think you're going to see a lot of old friends there and 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 some new faces too and i i'm excited to see that mix of people you invited i I hope so craig maybe i will um maybe i'll get a disguise <laughs> I guess you you might shave your stash. That would be yeah. That would be all the disguise you need. Yeah, Craig, I'll get a blazer and some jeans, and I'll pretend to be like uh, I'll get a Bluetooth headset, pretend to be calling people. I'll I'll be the classic business professional, and I'll just like walk through, and and they won't even know what what hit them. That's awesome. That's awesome. We did that uh, bit what a few podcasts ago, right? The the various. Uh, types of business professionals we'll have to we'll have to revisit that again oh so the working professional that's what that was called that's oh, what got I'll it. Be. yeah got it. Or also, selling. Known, also known as annoying guy always on this phone <laughs> all right uh definitely not annoying is our uh guest this podcast uh i'd love for you to set this up uh you brought him into the fold so let's uh, hear a little bit about it yeah scott kinko worked for a long time at evolve ep Evolve IP um, on the vendor side. And um, so really well known in that, um, uh, you know, cloud communications, um, I think desktop as a service space, um, really closely involved with partners. And most recently he has gone to Bridgepoint Technologies where he is their chief strategy officer. So he's been really uh, one of their sort of thought leaders um, not just in terms of some of the M&A that they've been doing with Charles Bank Capital Partners, but really he's uh, been a figure who's talking a lot about the changing technology advisor slash agent model and, and someone who's really looking forward into, into what, what this, um, how this ecosystem, this, this channel partner community is, is changing so I've always enjoyed the conversations with Scott, and um, I, I think it's uh, been very edifying for me. So look forward to nice. sharing that with all of you. All right, let's do it. Good conversation with Scott Kinka. Here we go. People of the cast, we're very pleased to welcome to the show today Scott Kinka. Scott is the Chief Strategy Officer at Bridgepoint Technologies. You may have known Scott uh, from his lengthy stint uh, at Evolve IP, where he was also, I, I believe, Chief Strategy Officer and maybe maybe CTO as well. Yeah, yeah indeed. Oh. Uh, excited so- to, to be on the pod with your loyal casties. Yeah, and you know they're they're gonna eat you up, Scott, in in the best way possible. 
I love that. That's the first time anybody, we had a, somebody on a few months ago who referenced this uh, thing that we used to do all the time with our music uh, over like a hundred episodes and we're very excited. So you were the first one, Scott, let me, let me tell you to reference the loyal casties as wow. such. Usually it's just me and James. So, so thank you. I appreciate that. I wasn't expecting a nineties song, however. But that's okay. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, we yeah, don't need to go. <laughs> that's a long story. Watch the last the last podcast. You'll see why why we jumped that. I gotcha. Um, so Scott, let's start off. Uh, you know, I think people are probably pretty familiar now with the investment from Charles Bank. Uh, how it's really allowed Bridgepoint to dabble in in both organic and inorganic growth. Sure. You know that organic growth has consisted of several different types of financial deals, and we we've really seen a wide variety of them recently uh, throughout the channel, particularly the agent channel. So uh, I'm interested if you could maybe break down the different types of transactions that, that Bridgepoint has done to this point. So our, our loyal casties will understand. Perfect. Um, I appreciate it. Great question. Um, and yes, I mean, we're in the news. We've done, I think, the total number in in the first year after the investment in 22 was something like 34 five or 36 individual transactions. But in reality, you know, a few of substance and then, you know, many that were smaller, but, you know, immediately accretive to the firm. So there's basically four ways that we go to market. Um, frankly, the first and the one that you see most of the volume on is, you know, what our category one or swim lane one is making investments in our own strategists, right? Bridgepoint has, um, you know, over a 20 year history, been a model where independent strategists are leveraging the Bridgepoint brand, which makes it somewhat unique, um, which makes them in most cases dedicated to, to Bridgepoint. And in this case, Bridgepoint wanted to dedicate itself to them, right? So in those cases, we're making strategic, they remain independent strategists, but we're making strategic investments with them in their base to help them grow their businesses and then providing them you know, some additional levels of support, account management, things of that nature in those investments. Um, the second category is we have been fortunate enough to attract other independent strategists who perhaps were, you know, caught up in some of the other industry consolidation, you know, were maybe looking for uh, a transaction, but perhaps were, you know, not quite ready yet. And because in our internal investments, we're making investments as opposed to doing straight out acquisitions. It's a nice model for strategists who, you know, maybe you want to take some risk off the table. Um, at, but, you know, are looking and then looking to continue to grow the business and reap the benefit of their growth in coming years. Right. So those are, you know, still independent agents or strategists, but folks who, you know, haven't been affiliated with the Bridgepoint brand looking to do that. Um, the third category for us really falls into, you know, I think you'd call it sort of the mini master, sort of the regional master category. Um, you know, I'd put uh, Realcom as an example in that category, an announcement we made back in the fall, uh, Charlie Bogart, you know, and that's an organization that is in and of itself an independent agent, but has staff, has back office. And that was an interesting business for us because we were able to consolidate their back office folks in pre and post sale support. They did some like TEM, things of that nature with our back office to continue to provide services to, you know, additional services to our strategists. And then the last category, a really, you know, and, and James and I have talked about this several times before, what we call strategic adjacency. So these are businesses um, that sort of fill that gap in between where the strategist or the independent agent ends and sometimes where the uh, 
you know, frankly, where the service providers begin, right? And these are areas where we provide, you know, uh, consulting services or managed services in various categories, you know, two of, of substance that uh, we, did, we announced in the fall. Um, one was Canon Group in the Philadelphia area. That was a TEM and mobility management. Uh, we call it lifecycle services organization. And then, you know, most recently at the beginning of the year, we announced PPT Solutions, you know, sort of as the strategic CX arm of the business. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to hone in on those last two, th- those two strategic adjacencies in particular, mm-hmm. and and really the the life of the customer, um, like beyond the actual um, technology sourcing. So so the pre-sale side, which I, I know Canon Group brings uh, strategic sourcing, but also the post-sale side. Um, I guess, could you, could you look at, uh, help us help frame that from the perspective of your IT strategist? You know, what... What opportunities does this present for them, both in terms of cross-sell uh, as well as new customer acquisition? What what advantage does this give them? I mean, well, you certainly gave the answer that the CFO wants to hear, right? Which is you make a transaction like this, and the idea is it's a retention cross-sell upsell play, and then obviously giving them more you know tools in the tool belt, if you will, on new customer acquisition. I, again, I think the key in a lot of ways, and I go back to that gap, right? I mean. The re- we consider ourselves a technology advisory firm you know, at the end of the day. And our and, you know our independent strategists act in the way that you would generally expect. They represent our portfolio of suppliers. They're out there meeting. Many of them have built some of their own strategic services. But the reality of it is there is always that gap between sort of their edge and the service provider beginning. I mean, if you take, let's take the CX example. Um, you know, frankly, and I you know, have history. Thank you for mentioning my history with Evolve IP at the beginning of this you know, where we were in CCAS and had a product that was in the Gartner Magic Quadrant. But I mean, when a CCAS implementation goes poorly, it's not because the tech is broken. You know, so if you think about it, the the provider did their job, the agent did their job, the customer went sideways. The services that are missing are, you know, perhaps strategic planning, business outcome, maybe it's analysis of the way that the contact center is performing today, sort of that professional internal implementation side are is very often the reason why these go sideways. So, you know, that's a really good example of that gap filling. You know, if you take telecom expense management, you know, we're in moving into a year. I know you guys have had some folks on talking about what you think about 2023. And, you know, I think the prevailing wisdom is that, you know, the IT team, right, has won some uh, credibility in the boardroom. So, you know, with the compressed potentially compressed budgets in the recession, you know, they're not going to necessarily lose budget, but more budget's going to go towards containment efficiency, those types of things. And those are often the types of projects that may be difficult for an independent strategist to, you know, to cover telecom expense management, mobility management, kind of like go find me the money in my expenses to go make the strategic technology buy that I need to grow the business. So in both of those scenarios, it's really a matter of services in between to get things installed to get them installed more satisfactorily to get them installed faster to realize commissions faster and obviously you know help in retention and cross sell and of course any of those new services are commissionable to our end agents so it's uh, you know advantageous in that in the respect of making new deals larger yeah absolutely scott some good insight there so I want to go back we had talked about you being at uh, evolve ip previously for how long were you there it was a long time wasn't it 
14 years. Yeah. 14 I was one, years. Yeah, yeah. One wow. of the founding partners there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So having come from that vendor world, uh, you've talked about a gap that exists between partners and vendors in terms of the customer experience, obviously a, a pretty big buzzword we've been hearing a lot about uh, recently. So what does that gap look like now? And, and how will partners of the future, I guess, address that gap? Yeah, look, I think the question ultimately is, you know, whether the partner is in the mode of wanting to build out those strategic services, right? I mean, a lot of it has to do with, and we've got many partners, even in the Bridgepoint portfolio, who say, hey, there's value in me hiring and having internal security expertise that I can bill time and material for. That's a very common one. We've got partners who go, you know what, I want to be in the cloud optimization space. So I'm going to hire a couple AWS or Azure people. You know, those are common things I'm sure that you guys see individual partners adding on to their businesses and, and billing time for, right? But I mean, you know, Craig, to your more general question, I mean, the gap, particularly in CX is sort of as we were talking about earlier. I mean, it's a more, in many of the transactions that sales partners do, right? They started in network, they moved to UCAS and CCAS, security came along for the ride, next-gen networking came in there, cloud and data center sort of attached itself and affiliated itself to that. But largely speaking, the buyers there are often the same people. There's a financial buyer, there's a technical buyer, right? And as long as you've got the vendors and you've got the expertise to make that sale, it's a process where it's a pretty, I don't want to say it's overly mechanical because that would lessen what we do, but compared to a CCAS, or CX implementation, as an example, they're pretty mechanical by comparison, right? The situation in CX is you've got a new buyer in the room, always, right? And, and in many cases, you don't know the legacy of that buyer. It's a business person who has one, KP, generally speaking, one KPI, right? Answer the phone faster. Or one KPI, increase our customer satisfaction. They don't care about the technology roadmap. They generally don't care about what it costs, Right. So it's sort of a different person. I think the challenge for any implementation is getting those three people aligned to what the outcomes, the desired outcomes towards a CX project are. Right. Are we trying to increase speed to answer? Are we trying to retain more? Are we trying to do this? What's working and not working? Everybody's got different opinions. So there's oftentimes a consulting portion that's needed in there to rationalize just what you're honestly trying to accomplish. Right. And those are oftentimes paid engagements from consulting companies challenging to bring that in. The consultant companies might want to take some of the services that the, the strategist or the independent agent wants to sell. So in this bucket, you know, we're putting the services inside of the portfolio for our strategists to, uh, you know, to attach to those deals using the CX example. But I think any one of these examples, you know, we mentioned security as a really good one. Any one of these is a scenario where, you know, going forward, I think the future partner needs to make a decision Hey, am I staying in my swim lane and affiliating with those services, or are there strategic opportunities to generate revenue but build back office, which you know, frankly, is expensive and you know, and, and can be challenging for partners in the field. Yeah, I mean that definitely fits what, with what we're seeing, and um, but it's and it's really fascinating to to see, you know, kind of Bridgepoint put its money where that where its mouth is in terms of that that prediction of these shifts happening. It's it's really indicative. Um, and really interesting to watch. Um, I'd love to get your 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 outlook on sort of the the health and the future of this technology advisor slash agent slash uh, however we are referring to yeah. IT strategy channel. Um, you know you you've you've spoken a lot with me in the past that you you view your charter as you know not taking out um, 
other agencies, not taking out uh, the big TSDs, but really um, if we can just raise the profile of this route to market, everyone's going to win. Um, so I'd love to know like if you have any more to say about that, but also where are we at in terms of that brand recognition um, with CIOs and with, and, but with also with these different lines of business. Yeah. I mean, it's a really interesting question and we have spoken about it quite a bit. You know, our, our numbers tell us, and look, everybody's got a number. So it, it, it doesn't matter if it's this, you know, if it's 25% or five points higher, the reality is, is it's some percentage less than most, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, but you know, by the research we've done some 25% of enterprise, you know, monthly recurring revenue decisions are being made through our style of channel, right? And the remainder would be through traditional distribution, consulting, direct buying is a very, very large portion of that, right? So the first part is, I mean, I honestly get asked, and you, you know, you know, all the players, you'll, you'll mention, you can mention them in your question. I don't, you know, I, I know them, we get together, we talk, you get the idea. I mean, there's no, you know, the who's, go I always get the who's going to win question when I talk to partners and I'm like, I hope everybody wins. I mean, at the end of the day, if you want your house to have a lot of value, you want your neighbor to have a banging lawn, right? I mean, <laughs> the reality of it is, you know, our our job collectively, the job, the job of the TSTs, the job of the super agents, which I hear is a phrase I hear getting passed around now, the technology advisories for all of us is to try to capture more of that, you know, what we estimate to be about 75% of the market that's going and buying, frankly, more expensively whether that's in time or in consulting fees, then they need to, to make technology decisions at the end of the day. And that's really how we look at the market. So one, we're rooting for everybody. Um, two, you know, we truly believe it's a rising tide raises all ships. I think for all of us to get better though, this gap is going to continue to get exposed, right? The difference when, when you're in sort of the three quote network world, which is traditional. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going back a couple of years to say that, but when you're mm -hmm. doing that, it's very much a brokerage model. You're just saying, I don't worry about the strategic services. I can get you numbers. I'll pit them against each other. I'll get it low. We'll transact that way. And now we know most partners have dramatically improved their game past that, but there's still a gap between dramatic improvement on that channel and what a consulting company brings in who has an opinion and tells you what to buy. I think we're, we're very excited by the, uh, the unbiased nature of what it is that we do because it's been such a principal tenant in the multi-quote environment. But for us to compete against the consulting firms, we've got to have opinions. You know, it's one of the things I say internal for us, you've probably seen it in our marketing, we're publishing something every day. You know, we're out there because we have to participate in discourse online if we want to go get the remaining 75%. And that's where I think that, you know, partners are just starting to get their head around that everybody's kind of increasing the skill set. But I think for me, the thing that's holding us back is frankly our willingness to have an opinion before we enter, right? <laughs> In a lot of ways, there's a ton of discourse. Discourse creates eyeballs, eyeballs create sales. Let's go participate in that discourse. We have a lot of smart people in this channel. And that's really where, you know, our mission is at trying to do that on the front side, the marketing side of our business. Yeah, that's such a great attitude. James and I, James and I have both heard that uh, sort of all one channel uh, attitude now for a little while. And it's really great to hear because uh, so many times that competition doesn't get you anywhere, especially from yeah. a standpoint of, you know, needing different partner types to be coming together as well. So James, I know you've heard that uh, in your travels frequently. 
Yeah, and I and I hear, you know, and this is this is keep uh, how to say this generally, but I mean, partners want their the folks that they aligned with to be concerned about bringing in new customers, not winning them from other people in the channel. Um, because if we're just sort of fighting for the same toys in one, it's sandbox. the same twenty five percent exactly, James. Yeah. You nailed it, right? Yeah. Uh, unquestionably, and that's I think that's one of the things that's been when I first got involved with Bridgepoint. It was one of the things that excited me the most, which was you know we do have the luxury of having our strategists largely carry our card, which sort of gives us the opportunity to ensure that the investments that our suppliers are making in us can be pointed outward. Towards, you know, what's very common in distribution, but not so common sort of in the agency model is, is co-op marketing with the supplier. You know what I mean? You don't see a lot of that. And we really want to drag the supplier out in the field with us, right? Buyers is what everybody wants, is who everybody wants to be in front of at the end of the day. Um, so super exciting. And we're really, you know, we, we've been able to do some of that this year, planning on investing a bunch more in, in, in 23 and beyond. Awesome. We will watch that with great interest. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Scott, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. It's been fun. Uh, great catching up with everything uh, happening at Bridgepoint. Certainly one of the hottest companies in the channel here over the course of the past year. So I'm glad that we got you on. Yeah. Super excited for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm, a, I'm a listener every week or every time you, you release a new episode. So here we are, right? So I'm that's who excited. the one is. The one like we get every week. <laughs> Here we didn't know. Well, good to talk to your casties today. That's awesome. Scott, great to have you, you, Scott. Take care. You got it. All right, James, great conversation there with Scott. I really enjoy hearing sort of how Bridgepoint differs from the business model of some of these other companies that have had roll-ups over the past year uh, in the agent space. Uh, it's It's curious to me how this all works, and he explained it really well. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I'm looking forward to two, three years from now to to see how some of these predictions are coming true, what what these companies look like, and it's definitely a buckle your seatbelt kind of moment if if there are such moments. There are, in fact, you should always buckle your seatbelt. Right, it's good one, safety practice. One second, yeah, you know, I have one in my chair right now. So. Oh, okay. um, yep. Yeah. Uh, Click. What do we get? <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got next, Craig? <laughs> yeah, we probably better move on. Um, news. Uh, we've started this segment where we sort of go back and forth, talk a little bit about the news of the day. Uh, what have you been keeping your eye on and reporting on the past uh, past week or so, my friend? Well, Craig, I think the layoffs are just pretty unavoidable. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's publicly traded companies that are you know, having to disclose these cuts that they're making and some cuts that we're just finding about on LinkedIn. Um, you know, if the company wasn't based in a state where they had to disclose that or if the cut wasn't large enough. So um, we're just seeing it every day on LinkedIn. And and as an editorial team, we're trying to to get on that as quickly as we can and, and try to give voice to how this is impacting all the talent that's been laid out because there's just so much talent that's been laid off. And then a lot of the names I'm seeing, I mean, it's, it's, it's really coming as a surprise um, and, and just a bummer to see. So I think there's a lot of people bumming out in the space right now. So I don't know how you're seeing it. Well, first of all, thanks for bringing me down. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, I in, in all seriousness, it has been um, it has been a bummer to see that, right? We go through these economic downturns. If there's a bright side to it all, it's sort of that social aspect that you were talking about. We've seen that a lot where almost as many stories of people being laid off. We've seen uh, other people on LinkedIn. It's such a tight-knit community, right, that's coming out and saying, if you've got a job opening, uh, let me know. Uh, we have job openings, uh, certainly apply. Um, it's just been that support from everyone. So we're already seeing some of these folks uh, getting picked up. Uh, you know, our channel people on the move segment is still pretty red hot. Despite all this, we're seeing right. uh, some of those people land a new job. So yeah, it's been a bummer, but, uh, you know, I have, uh, I'm kind of a glass half full type of guy. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that a lot of these folks are going to land back on their feet pretty quickly. Yeah. I love that, Craig. I mean, one thing to plug is our whole editorial team did a piece on the layoffs and just kind of covering that from their own particular beat. Yeah. Um, so kind of whether you're MSP agent or coming from maybe the vendor side of things particular technology we kind of got you covered there so that's a story that i i feel i feel proud of that that we did excellent so, plug and you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put that link on the landing page of this podcast which i always tend to do so people have a chance to check it out that's what so, i'm talking about craig what about you yeah oh uh, me so um yeah, that, the last story has been kind of pervasive, right? I mean, I think it was like 20 companies in January. We reported on some ridiculous number. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a dif different direction. Um, our Channel Futures 20, CF20 lists uh, that our, our buddy Edward Gately does every month. We've sort of expanded those. I wanted to talk about that uh, briefly. Um, it's always based on a, on a different technology. And this past month was uh, CPaaS, Communications Platform as a Service. And we've expanded that a little bit to include video interviews, which I'm I'm pretty excited about because uh, Channel Futures TV is, is kind of my thing. And, and you helped me out with that a little bit. So, James, I had a chance to talk with Brent Wilford from Avant Communications. He sat down with me for a video talking about CPaaS sales tips. You know, there's a, a term that's been around now for a few years, but... Uh, you know, partners are used to selling CCAS and UCAS, sort of the whole alphabet soup of everything. But uh, this is really great conversation. You helped set that up. I, I appreciate it. And we use the video also as a vehicle to direct folks to Ed's list, which are typically 20 companies, uh, vendors in the, the do business in the channel. And it uh, doesn't rank the top 20, but he gets input on all of the analysts that he talks to from who should be on this list. So it's pretty interesting. The video itself doesn't necessarily talk about who those top 20 are. It's more focused on trends and sales tips, but the whole package of the top 20 with the sales tips, I think is something our, our audience is going to benefit from uh, going forward this year. Yeah. I think it's a juicy angle to take on that. Like not just what is this vendor? What does it do? But how do you, how do you position it to customers? And it just seems like partners really want to, really want to hear it in that way. And they're kind of like, get to the point, show me how to how to sell it. Um, very, very utilitarian in, in some respects. I think it's really good to be covering that. So good stuff. Oh, thank you. That, that's my hope. That is my hope. All right. If uh, you'd like to check out the archive of Copy with Craig and James, get it wherever you usually get your audio podcasts. But also now 
on Vimeo and perhaps even on your favorite social media outlet. Of course, it would be great if you would check us out on our flagship news site. There it is. Channelfeatures.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. And an added thanks if you joined us again on video. We'll catch you again next time. Be well and watch out for bears. Hmm, good advice. Thank <music> you.